Freebooters Network. Hi, this is Devin Truck with the Freebooters Network. Today we bring you another issue of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. We hope you enjoy the show. In a trick in a book and I bake them All that I can find Superman or Green Lantern ain't got Welcome to issue 34 of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. My name is Ian Clark, and I am joined, as always, by the January Justicar himself. I don't even know what that is, Mr. Andrew Howard. Andy, how are you? Well, if I'm bringing justice, I had a very busy <laughs> last few days. Uh... <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, we, we are back. Yeah, we are back. Uh, it's a new year. Uh, sorry for the delay. It's been a couple months since we've uh, recorded, but we're, we're, we're here. We're back. We're back. Yeah. It's a new year, new year full of hope and uh, lots of comic books, as always. So uh, that's what we're hoping for. Yeah. So we're going to talk about some comics. Nothing really. You'd think with all those months of that we've been off, there's probably tons of stuff to talk about, but uh, we couldn't really think of much. There's definitely a bunch of Marvel stuff got announced too that's going to be starting. We could we could talk a little bit about that. The the one that looks I don't I don't know what to make of Wandavision. I'm interested because of the actors and actresses in that. So I think they can have a really cool storyline. Um, I also think because they touch on like all of the TV tropes that I grew up watching, like from reruns of some of like it, it totally looks like there's like a, a bewitched and a yeah. Dick Van Dyke vibe. Because like, that trailer preview shows the two beds apart and then coming <laughs> right. together like – so there's that that element to it, and the neighbor, and I forget the actress's name. Um, she's she's good. Um, she was in um, Bad Moms, and uh, she's in a ton of other stuff. But um, anyway, um, I think that could make for um, a fun a fun show. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested in just seeing what they do with it because they're definitely going for a very off kilter quirky type of vibe, which it's, it's dangerous ground really because it could go really bad or it could be brilliant. So I'm, that's one of the big reasons I want to check it out. Cause like, is this a train wreck or is it, or is it something really, really cool? So. Well, it's funny. Cause I'm, I'm, I'd be more worried about winter soldier and Fa- or Falcon and the winter soldier because you're, you're trying to do a very kind of tropey superhero type thing, I think, with that, where they're like super spies or whatever. So I'm actually more worried about that because I worry, how do you make that kind of interesting? How do you like, how does that not become S.H.I.E.L.D. or Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, where, no, that's a good point. Like that show seemed to jump the shark every other episode to keep itself kind of alive and going so now granted you have you know two you know you have the same actors returning to to do that so that that seems like it could be kind of a a better deal but that's still interesting to me yeah yeah i'm definitely interested in that one some of the other announcements we got were a little bit of a surprise we knew we knew about some of the things coming out but uh the what if series caught me off guard and at first i was like oh it's only it's animated but then i was like no that's probably what it needs to be because then they the scope of it is just off the charts when you when you go animated so i'm actually super excited about it yeah like especially since they 
teased uh, Yondu picking up uh, T'Challa out in the African plains. Like, I love what ifs. Um, I know we were talking before we started recording. I didn't, I, again, there's so much good comic content out there. I didn't realize the Star Wars infinites were some what ifs in the Star Wars universe. And the, the ones from Empire Strikes Back just hit Comixology Unlimited. So, yeah, so yeah, I love what if so. I don't care that the that that's a a cartoon. That I'll be fine with that. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. I think is Wandavision first or Falcon and Winter Soldier. I know one of them. I don't right know. Up. I I it, all that timeline stuff seems to get kicked around too much, so I haven't been paying that close attention to it. Yeah. All right. Well, that is definitely some cool stuff to look forward to, but we will uh, we'll kick off the regular segments of the show now. Currently, humanity looks to the Internet for its information. We have stood at the edge of despair and would have fallen. If not for awesome podcasts and their content of everything we love. Now these podcasts are all brought together in one place. Forged in like-mindedness, tempered with a community-oriented forum, covering all things geek, such as wargaming, board gaming, comics, movies, and more. Presenting a lineup of podcasts producing exclusive content for the fans. The Freebooters Network. Trolls want to steal our community. Let them try. All right, welcome into the poll list where we discuss our current reading and why break with tradition. I'm only reading a few things, so I'll just I'll go through mine real quick. Uh, I will say that on Andy's recommendation, I checked out uh, We Only Find Them When They're Dead. And uh, I've only read the first one. Are, is, have a couple more come out, Andy? Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, I, got, I need to go back and catch up because I, I really, really – Andy told me about the concept last time. Uh, essentially, these essentially Galactus-like space gods are found floating in space. They're always dead when they find them, and there are these salvage crews in ships that literally go out and harvest the organs and, and everything on it. And I thought, that is fascinating. Read that first issue, really, really liked it. So yeah, I've, um, I'm definitely gonna jump in. How many more have come out? Like two, three, four? They're on four or five. I was just trying to awesome. double check right now. Okay. Uh, four it looks like was the last one. Yeah. Okay. I'm, uh, and you're still reading it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. No, I'm still liking it. Um, yeah, it's a, it, it is a different concept. Um, it's Boom Studios too, which I don't always pick up a ton for them. Al. Ewing is writing it. I'm not like he's done. He did some other work for, you know, Marvel and stuff, but it's not, he wasn't somebody I really knew, but I, I like this storyline. It's, it's been fun. Yeah. So I, I really dug that. Um, so I'm looking forward to digging some more into that. I've been reading, actually, it's funny. I've been reading quite a few other things that you recommended or uh, in the case of black hammer, which I've been I've been reading through. Uh, that was Dan Roberts that, that recommended that one. Um, 
to us and still really enjoying that. I'm not super far into it. I think I'm on volume three. No, I'm still on volume two. Sorry, but I'm towards the end. I'm looking at my comicsology. I can see the little blue bar is, yeah. near, is near the end. Uh, Rat Queens. I'm on volume three of Rat Queens. Uh, another Andy recommendation that I absolutely love. Um, and then I've been reading some old stuff uh, that every once in a while I like to go through the my my you know the the cheapo bin comics that I'll pick up at a show because uh, you know I definitely go with the my Conan list I'm down to just needing two issues of Conan by the way but I always love you know in the fifty cent or a dollar bin if I can find a a, a run of comics. You know, anywhere from usually it's got to be a minimum of three issues. But I, if I can get like three to ten issues in a row, consecutive numbers of a book or a character that I have at least somewhat, you know, some interest in, uh, I'll pick it up. So every once in a while I'll dig those out and be like, oh, I'm going to read this six issues of, you know, Detective Comics I've got or Alpha Flight or um, in this case it was uh, a chunk of X-Men stuff with them in the Savage Land. And, okay. Um, yeah, so I've been reading through those and enjoying those, um, and I, I'm not even sure what era they're from because I can't remember if they were Claremont reprints. I think they're Claremont reprints. I think it's not the original first trip to the Savage Land for the X-Men, but but a, a subsequent one. So, um, you, you know, you've got um, just some cool characters that I like. Sauron's in it, and, uh, you know, it's got some of the, the small cast of X-Men are some of my favorites like Storm and Wolverine, so – just enjoying stuff like that and uh, trying to think if I've been reading anything else. I think that's I think that's it for me. Yeah, I was trying to look. I had I would I have been reading some stuff. I um, I'm trying to find, I was reading I read something from Warren Ellis recently too, something um, older, and I can't because it's not through Comicsology. It's just through some other digital comics I have. I can't. Um, can't figure out exactly what it was but it was it was it was different i'll remember it at some point for me you know i i have been reading a lot of the x-men titles and over the last few months they they ran um across multiple titles x of swords it, it was okay but it was it was one of those one of those times where since i was already reading all of the x-men comics anyhow there was only one that i didn't normally read that i had to read to go into it it's it's kind of neat when they do that sometimes because you're you're getting a lot more characters but a little anti-climatic uh for me uh still reading conan the barbarian what i did start reading i might have mentioned this last month too but i'm really really liking it is juggernaut's got his own short uh, five issue run and that's been a lot of fun because it turns out that on this kind of iteration um he's he's not a mutant so with everything that's happening in kind of marvel with mutants he's not really allowed to hang out with mutants because he's not a mutant so it's all his stuff is all powered by that crystal yeah i was gonna uh, say his isn't his original origin that he wasn't a mutant it was that or, or i know they've retconned stuff and changed things but i i thought that that what is it the yeah Cilac he's not a mutant crystal? right yeah. yeah so he's yeah so um th- i think that gave him an opportunity to kind of tell uh, a, a fun little side story uh with that another in the marvel so wait, universe so, sorry oh, the, sorry so the, 
No, the Juggernaut, it's only five issues? Five issues, yeah. I guess you can stop the Juggernaut. <laughs> ah, nope. Sorry. I had nope, to he's not going to stop. He's going to keep going, but uh, <laughs> the guy writing it's like, I can't do it. <laughs> um, yeah, because, you know, not to spoil, because it's a, it's a, it's a cover, so, but, like, in one of the episodes, um, you know, he fights the Hulk, and it, they do it in a much more interesting way than they've done in, in a while. It's... Um, in the end, it's you know, there's a battle of kind of wills, not just uh, not just strength, which makes it makes it a little bit more fun. That's kind uh, of cool because that's one of those um, like you know the the stereotypical geek arguments about oh who would win a fight. I don't think that's one that comes up a lot, but that's actually a good one. Juggernaut and Hulk. That's actually yeah. that's a good matchup. And they do they do kind of do that thing about who would win because in the <laughs> end, it's like. Uh, both of them know who was going to win. Um, <laughs> another short run that I'm getting into is Taskmaster, um. uh, and it's it's it opens up great. Um, and again, it, it's not going to give away too much, but basically, Taskmaster has to work with uh, Nick Fury to figure out who killed Maria Hill. Um, and everybody's blaming Taskmaster, but Nick Fury doesn't believe it. But basically, they have to figure out. So it's it's cool because one of the things they're setting up is Taskmaster's ability to perfectly mimic people is key to solving the mystery. But he, there are certain people he needs to mimic for a reason. And um, so it allows them to kind of bring in a lot of other other characters as well so that one will be fun because that'll just basically be taskmaster just barely getting away from certain superheroes every issue so um i like it when they they, because he's he's kind of a mercenary he's not like he's highest bidder type of guy like doesn't have an agenda of conquering the world or you know killing all humans or killing all mutants he's just like nope make money (laughs) right something else that marvel put out um you've got to check out Ian. it's i'm i'm gonna butcher the name marnius caligar so m-a-r-n-e-u-s um i guess it's calgar c-a-l-g-a-r it's marvel is doing a comic set in a 40k universe oh i was like why do i know that name he is because he's an ultramarine. Okay. Um, Look, it, it is now. fantastic. Is it really? It is because most of the time they're either well written and poorly drawn, or poorly drawn and well written. I was gonna say uh, the creative team is really good on this. Yes, it is very good. Like it yeah. is one of the ones I look forward to, and the story is fantastic. Yeah, it's Kieran Gillen and uh, Jason Burroughs, who Gillen's done like Uncanny X-Men, uh, Burroughs, what's Burroughs done that I've done? Uh, oh, it says right here, Moon Knight. That's, I was going to say, I know that yeah. name. Yeah, but yeah, yeah the, the, the art style is good, and the writing is good, and they're, they're able to tell a story that's believable in the 40K universe without it being so kind of steeped in 40k that if if you it's definitely written for fans of 40k but you could read this and kind of enjoy it uh, even right. if you didn't 
I just clicked the, that very dangerous button that I have the buy instantly. So I, I hit <laughs> buy, I hit buy instantly on issue one. So uh, so I'll check out issue one and see. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's um that's been that one's been a ton a ton of fun. Um, yeah, you'll like that. Was the there was one more I wanted to mention. Um, I got my list here. Oh, um, I've been so really still liking uh, Firepower. I know I've mentioned it before. It is um, it's Robert Kirkman. It is a very cool kung fu themed one. Lots of twists and turns. Like every episode or every issue. There's like a weird, there's a, there's a twist that you didn't see coming and it's, it's been really, really good. Um, I'm also a sucker for that style of kind of slightly campy Kung Fu, but they do this like in a great, in a really good way. Um, it's like the best stuff from iron, um, the iron fist, like when his storyline is really cool and when it's, you know, so I like that. Um, yeah. So, and Kirkman's, a, I really like Kirkman. So yeah, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. But that's been, that's been super fun. Those were, and then I've, like I said, you've been reading and I've been reading, we only find them when they're dead. So that's been, that's been fun. Oh, that's what I, um, I picked up and read. Um, I picked up, uh, Neil Gaiman's, um, uh, Eternals um the older one uh so they just republished it um neil gaiman wrote this in oh, does it even say i'm trying to find it here but they just released it on um in digital format i had a you know it was 11 bucks but it's seven issues so it's from 2006 um so basically it's like the 40th anniversary of kirby's eternals but it's oh, because cool. a new Eternals started this month as well. And there's obviously going to be the movie too. So, um, and I don't really know that much about them. So I wanted to kind of grab that. Um, cause I've always liked the inhuman. So, um, that was the other one I, I had read this month. That was what I was trying to think of. Um, yeah. And then the very, uh, I got two more. I got to mention, You'll notice almost everything's in the Marvel Universe. Um, (laughs) So this month is the start of Star Wars The High Republic comic. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so that is pre... So they actually do... I don't know if you've seen the little timeline they've created for Star Wars now, the the new official timeline for Star Wars. Yeah, I, I, I know of it. I haven't actually taken a look at it to... Yeah, so it's basically... The High Republic is, the, and that's kind of new. Then you have Fall of the Jedi, which is Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Clone Wars, and Revenge of the Sith. Reign of the Empire, which will be Bad Batch and and Solo. Uh, Age of Rebellion, Rebels, Rogue One, New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, uh, Re- uh, Return of the Jedi. New Republic, which is just the Mandalorian right now, and then Rise of the First Order. So that's Resistance, The Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker. 
So, and then other things, but everything will have to fit into one of those six now, basically, is what is what they're doing. So anything else, everything else is going to become legends, basically. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Which, again, I don't care um, that some of the cool stuff is no longer canon. It doesn't mean it's not cool stuff. Right. It's right. just... Good right, story they, can still be a good story. Right, right. They had to clean it up in some way, yeah. um, and they did. And that, I think, I think it's a bold move to just be like, "Nope, we're cleaning it up." <laughs> like, like, but not just cleaning it up and saying this stuff isn't too bad. They're like, "Here's all this new stuff. We're gonna fit it in. We're gonna fit it in by doing this. Here's here's where it's at." Because you'll still, yeah. So. Um, so that'll be fun. So there's supposedly a ton coming out for the High Republic too. So it's not just this comic. There's other books and stuff too. So, um, but yeah, that that should be uh, fun. Not to spoil a whole lot because he's on the cover, I think, of the issue. Let me just go back. Yeah, there's a Trandoshian uh, Jedi. Oh, interesting. Huh. <laughs> yes. That's yes. cool. All right. I always like those for for those not into super Star Wars geekdom. I mean, it'll still be geeky if I say that's the bounty hunter Bosk from Empire Strikes Back. But if you don't even know which one that is, he's the lizard looking guy in the yellow jumpsuit in, uh, in Empire Strikes Back when the uh, when Vader is uh, addressing all the bounty hunters. He even has a speaking line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, but, and, and there's Trandoshans in the new Mandalorian too. If people yep. have picked up that too, so yeah. yeah. So it's um, it's definitely definitely interesting. Yeah. So I haven't finished that episode. I was reading that last night, and I started I fell asleep reading it. I was pretty tired last <laughs> night. Uh, but yeah, that was so that's that'll get me. Uh, and trust me, I've got more in my pull list, but those are the ones worth mentioning. Gotcha. Okay, cool. All right, moving on. It is entitled Naturan de Manto, roughly translated Book of the Dead. The book is bound in human flesh and inked in human blood. All right, welcome into Read This. I had to think for a second about what uh, – it's been a while since we've done it. I had to think about what our next segment was, uh, and it's Read This. Um, so Andy had to pick last time out and selected Arkham Asylum – and which I didn't realize the, the original Arkham Asylum even had this subtitle, A Serious House on Serious Earth. So and I own I own a hard copy, but Andy throwing that in there made me think, wait, is this the original? And then so I would I looked on Comixology and it doesn't show up like that. It doesn't show up with the Serious House. Boy, I'm having a hard time saying that. Serious House on Serious Earth. Uh, but that is the original 1989 uh, comic from Grant Morrison, uh, Dave McKean. Uh, yeah, that, so yeah. I was a little thrown, but which I had read. I read probably mid-90s, I think when I was in college I read it, and probably not since. So it was nice to revisit it. But um, yeah, why don't, you, why don't you kick it off, Andy? Yeah, so, so this was one. This is a trade. I don't know where my brother got it because my brother wasn't a big comic book guy, but he had this. Or we had it. I don't know how we had it. Um, but that had to be the early 90s. That had to be not too long after it had come out. Um, and, you know, it it really is very different. 
um, from. I'm not going to say so. Uh, since then, I've read a lot of other stuff that uh, Dave McCann has illustrated, but it is a very different kind of art style. Um, if you've read Sandman um, and some of the preacher stuff, he's done a lot. He did a mo, mo, a lot of the Sandman stuff is him. Like, um, so it's a very different style. So I think one of the things in looking at this is you have to look at the story and the art separate. And then also how they work uh, together because it does, it really takes um, Arkham Asylum, which was a location in, um, in kind of the Batman mythos and really makes it a, a real, real place for the first time. And what they do with it basically sets the stage for what Arkham becomes for a very long time after that. Um, and so I, I had, I had very fond memories of this one. It took me a little while because again, I, Dave McKeon is a great artist. That style isn't my favorite kind of style. Uh, it's always why I had trouble with Sandman too, which I really love reading, but I always have kind of a hard time, uh, with the visuals and it's not because it's not good. It's just, just not not mine um but it is it's a great story and just to tell a little bit of the story it is the inmates have taken over the asylum quite literally uh, <laughs> right. and they basically what the inmates want is batman to come in and so he's going to go in and he's basically in there is it's weird because it seems like he's in there as a negotiator but then he's running a gauntlet in there um <laughs> right. All at the same time, they are telling the story of Amadeus Arkham, who originally found founded Arkham Asylum. And that's um, so there's that detective element of Batman being in there. But uh, Arkham's uh, sorry, uh, diary is a very creepy, creepy element. Um, and to think that this is kind of the first time that Arkham Asylum got really creepy, you know, it went more from a house, you know, a, you know, obviously asylums we always think of as, you know, places where they put mentally in. I think this is an example of where they made it really, really dark, very that's a, dark. That's a good point. I never thought about that, but you're right. This is probably where cause Arkham Asylum had been in the comics for a while, but it just sort of as like almost like okay they either go to to jail or they go to arkham and and i'm i'm guessing this may be the first time that they really went deep on the arkham asylum itself and um yeah you're right they do they turn it into a just a, a very scary place and um yeah no that's a good point i didn't think about that i, I bet you're right i bet this is that first the first time that they really tried to flesh out what the the building is and what it means and and that it kind of had its own history right and i think they got I, I don't know if it's the first time they really get into you know who amadeus arkham is but like at the very least this gives you kind of a you know a kind of yeah so i looks like he was created uh, so amadeus arkham was only created in 84 for 
a who's who, the definitive directory of the DC universe. Uh, but the story is retold and explained in 89's A Serious House on a Serious Earth. Um, so um, what's really funny is um, Arkham is in, uh, plays a big role in All-Star Western uh, with Jonah Hex when they rebooted oh. that. Uh, in the new 52 and back in 2011. So, That's but yeah, uh, yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, it's a cre it's a, it's a cool. So I think, I think it kind of should be noted. So the, the art style, um, and this is something that like, because I don't know enough about art, I don't even realize, but like, it's not just drawing, it's drawing, painting and photography kind of mixed all mixed together in in this comic like i didn't realize i i guess you can tell that i just because i'm re- reading it digitally too and i'm i did read the heart like the the physical copy but like i said that was that was back in the 90s it's one of those things where i i don't always appreciate it and i guess too the one of the other things that that goes into that too is the lettering so um yeah because there's it's it's a very stylistic choice with the lettering because like for example joker's dialogue is all literally just very spiky sometimes difficult to read like scratches it's almost like the scratch yeah Yeah. just placed over the pictures not in bubbles or anything right but again so that's what i mean where there is an awesome story in here and then there's a very unique art style in here um, and with the art, you've got to give credit. So I guess it's uh, Gaspar Saladino. So it is. It's it's very unique, and those things on their own are both very good. But and when they come together, they make a very very interesting comic. Um, and it's it is. It's it's one of those things where, yeah, at times there's hard things to read and. I guess it's because I, there's ph- photography and stuff in there. I kept looking for hidden meanings in a lot of the pictures and stuff. And like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure that there is any, uh, when I was kind of getting ready for this, I didn't read in terms of hidden meaning, but I was, oh, I was looking for it everywhere. I think it's just <laughs> his art style. Um, but yeah. yeah, I kept, I kept looking for it. Yeah. Like, so now that I look at it and know there's photography, like photography elements in there, I can, I can start to see it. But before I was just like, it's just a weird way of like drawing and yeah. Yeah. I, I really love the art style. I thought it was very engaging and I don't know if I was looking for hidden like symbolism or message or anything, but I definitely studied the, the pictures because I, I knew there was, there was depth to it and, you know, likely layers and, and just different, you know, different things probably mixed in. So I, I definitely kind of tried to absorb the the artwork. And they did some interesting things stylistically, too. They have a very pronounced and not photorealistic version of the Joker with a very elongated face, and which we've seen in, in the regular comics from time to time. But... um. But that was kind of juxtaposed with and, – and more colorful, obviously, with his hair and his face and his lips and everything – juxtaposed with Batman, who is almost always shown as just a shadow and a shape. There's very little definition to 
like you don't see a traditional Batman like mask and cowl and eyes and everything. You just get either shadows or just like the eyes or just glimpses here and there. He's drawn very much as a as a very stark black and white um, entity, and then the Joker is very vibrant and colorful and and kind of pops off the page. So definitely some some interesting style choices were made with the with the artwork for this but i thought it was beautiful and and very striking yeah i guess it's one of those things where like because the the art is very very good um i get to a page and i'm like all right what am i what am i reading am i looking like i'm used to you know, when there's a comic with a really good artist to expect a couple uh, splash pages where like they get to kind of show off their art style and then the writer kind of, you know, incorporates some good art into their writing and stuff. But with this, like every page is kind of uh, a little bit of an experience. Yeah, it's um, it, I part of it, too. And, and I know it was groundbreaking and it was. It was Grant Morrison's first work on on Batman, which is also interesting. And he's obviously always brought a very uh, definitely has his own mark on you know stylistically for his writing and um, very um, I don't know he's he's hard to describe. He's one of those creators that I think is probably polarizing. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are huge Grant Morrison fans, and then there are people that can't stand it because he's very uh, he's probably, I would say, similar to Alan Moore and and guys like that that push the envelope a little bit and um, are trying to to say something. Uh, but that can be off-putting to people that maybe just want a traditional comic book, you know, or consider a character like Batman to be very. They they want their Batman to be a certain way, and Grant Morrison pushes things in some maybe uncomfortable directions for some Batman fans. So, so he's one of those guys that I know is polarizing. Um, so this being his first take on Batman and, and doing something that had really not been done before, I think is interesting in itself too. I, I kind of, I like that though. Uh, that's part of it that I, that I like and him giving kind of a like, and you know, it, it's part of this comic is kind of a re not a retelling, but uh, a, or they add the origin of Batman in here. Um, you know, the idea that, you know, does he, does he deserve a space in Arkham, which is to me always something I've liked um, in the Batman comics. Like why does he get to be a vigilante and go out and do things that are above the law? Um, you know, and, does, does he deserve a spot in here? Like, is that, is it because he's only hurting criminals, you know, that he gets to do this? Whereas, you know, the people that are supposedly criminals get to, you know, are supposedly deserving of their spot inside of uh, Arkham Asylum. Um, now, this was subtle, and I don't know if it's I've ever seen it before, but it kept, as I flipped back and forth between the comic, um, have they ever mentioned before what movie Batman and his parents went to see because they say it's Zorro in this. I, like, I, I think I, I think that was canon. I think. Okay, that, I wasn't sure. That was something I, I wasn't sure about. Yeah, I I think that was canon. I don't know all if all the way back, but I I don't think it was established in this. I think um, 
because I think year one even came out before this, right? So, and I, and I think it was in year one, uh, and maybe, but that's interesting. I, I do wonder, but I, I I don't believe this is the first time that 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 was established as the movie that they were at. I right. think that it, I think that had come before. Yeah, but I like it. So I, and again, it's there is a cast of characters in there. You know, you've got. Two Face, you've got Croc, Killer Croc, you've got Scarecrow, um, you've got um, oh, the guy who cuts himself, uh, Mr. Zaz. Zaz, yeah, I can never yeah. remember that one. Um, yeah, so you, he's got a whole kind of oh, Mad Hatter's in there, um, uh, Black Mask. Yeah, they do an uh, interesting thing with um, like I like a lot of them that they use. Scarecrow is one of my favorites, so I always like it when he shows up. But they did an interesting thing with Two Face, where they they say that he's sort of not really cured, but they're tr- they're helping him. That he's he's moved beyond just the the duality and two options of his coin. And oh, they moved him up. You know, at first they moved him to you know a a, a die, so he had six options, and then it was a a tarot deck. So it was just an interesting uh take on them trying to quote unquote cure Harvey Dent. And um, so I, I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, he, he actually plays an important, a more important role than mo- besides the Joker, almost any of the other characters um, in there. But yeah, they, like there's, there is, there's a whole cast of characters. And again, some of them are for people that are, you know, true fans of batman they're gonna recognize all of them but for others like you're it's you may not know them and especially with this art style you may not be able to tell who they are yeah Um, that's a good point yeah it's true yeah without them being kind of called out like this it um i had to go back and look at some of them because it's just it's not what you would think of um in terms of how the, and plus because they they flash back to Ark um, Amadeus Arkham quite a bit too, so and those flashbacks it's just it's it's literally just like the next panel. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's no flashback. transition. It's no, yeah, it's, there's it's no yeah. There's no transition, and there's no transition in the art. Or I guess maybe there is, but I'm not that good at picking up some of those stylistic changes. But as far as I can tell, there's no real transition in the art style either. Yeah. Yeah. No, overall, it was I was happy to revisit it because, like I said, I I hadn't read it since college. I think I want to say I I won it like in a raffle or something at the the place where I would get my books while I was in college. It was I was kind of musing on this recently with with Amy about when we were in college and we were in Tennessee and uh, how in the in the five years that we were in Tennessee, the first year we lived on campus, um, within walking distance, I had three comic book stores oh, I could wow. make it to. And I was I was in heaven because I had grown up with no real – you know, we've talked a, a ton about Mr. Paperback and like the – you know, the bookstores and, and places like that that we would pick up comic books. But there were very few actual – I think Augusta maybe had a comic book store in downtown. But – I never got to go into an actual comic book store until I was in high school. Um, 
and then even then I had to drive at least a half an hour to get to one. So so getting to college and being able to walk to three very good, very different comic book stores was awesome. Um, but unfortunately, even in the five years that I was only there five years, you know, mid 90s, I was there 93 to 98. By the time I left, only one of those stores was still open, sadly. Yeah. So, um, But anyway, I believe the one that I got most of the books at, um, the reason I went to this one was because it was like you could literally see it from from my wife's dorm room. Um, so it was like right right there. Uh, but I think I won this in a raffle, like the hardcover of Arkham Asylum. So that's when I remember reading it and uh, and really enjoying it. But I had for whatever reason, I still have that version of it. Um, I've not picked it up since, so it was nice to kind of go back and revisit it. And uh, I don't know if it's as good as I remember it, but it was still. I think it's an interesting read, and I like ones like this that kind of challenge a hero and your perception perception of that hero who's been around a long time. Batman's been around since whatever it is, 1939, and um, so for creators to kind of push the envelope and try new things with with a character i think is cool and obviously this was after dark knight returns and and some of the other stuff that had kind of gone quote unquote grim and gritty but uh but it was different and it was i i think it's definitely worth reading if you've never read it especially if you are a batman fan yeah it's um and again it's one of those things where you combine you know great art with great writing and again i have to call it art because it is it's very it's not you know, he has done some other comic book stuff, but, you know, he the artist also does you know, album covers, you know, so it's it's one of those things where it's uh, it's different. It's not it's not the not the typical typical kind of components. Yeah, it's interesting because I was trying I was looking at Wikipedia to try and figure out how they kind of came together with this um, doesn't really give a, a ton of insight into that. But I, I do wonder how. How McKean ended up with this project because it's even the the uh, the uh, Wikipedia article has an interesting quote from him saying that he was he he wasn't necessarily a, a comic book fan and said he was quote trying to make the make the book despite the subject rather than because of it. At the end of the day, if you really do look, uh, love to do Batman comics, that's probably the best thing to do. Not liking them and, tr- and then trying to make something out of them uh, is just a waste of time. So that's Mm-hmm. that's interesting yeah but um yeah definitely it's just very striking there's some and and one of the things that's cool in there too and there's an example of a panel on the on the wikipedia page um of batman just as a shadow uh he uses the long ears which i i'm a big fan of that look on the batman mask sometimes it can be it can be over exaggerated but um i don't know and i think it works in this kind of uh dark almost gothic like painting setting that that they're using i think it looks that the exaggeration of the years i think is really effective i think it works for for this one you know it that that broad shoulders it's it's a very exaggerated look um and i i think they're doing it to make him look more bat-like yeah 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 there's even kind of the curl on the cape uh at the shoulders and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I can definitely see that. Yeah. And again, some like part of it too, is not knowing why people are like this, but like Clayface in this is just all like weirdly diseased. Like, yeah, that was, I, I 
wasn't quite sure what they were going for with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know maybe that's from other storylines that I just don't know. Like that could be. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I had I had fun with this one. I'd like again, I like when I get to read good writing, and mm-hmm. especially when it touches in on a um, um, you know, a popular, you know, comic book character. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's funny, you know what I just realized we're, we've talked a lot about it and um, and it's a good thing, too, because if people, you know, if listeners haven't um checked it out and are interested in um in reading it we we've barely t- we haven't even talked about story <laughs> so um which is yeah. which is totally fine i think that's it's i don't want to say it's secondary because i think that puts it down and you and you you know you talked about enjoying the writing of it but but the the story itself is um is interesting but you did touch on kind of the themes of is arkham asylum and and this place for you know, people with with mental instabilities. Does Batman belong there? And I think that's the core of it. Right, right. And it's and it's his interaction with all of the people that he's put there, um, as well as you know the current you know chief you know doctor of of the asylum and stuff. And you know, so yeah, I and I think that's the kind of the 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 story in there is him his interaction with each of the inmates and you know who's running the asylum right right okay cool anything uh anything else we want to talk about no this is one too where like again i don't want to tell too much of what happens yeah um towards the end of it and stuff because it has a it has a great it has a really cool ending to it um it's not one of those it's a definitive ending but it's not a like everything seems to wrap up neatly. And right. right. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitive, exactly. but it's not necessarily neatly wrapped up. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think it's definitely worth checking out. So yeah, check out Arkham Asylum. Uh, yeah. it is. And again, don't be confused by it. Yeah. So Batman Arkham Asylum is how you can find it, but it's also, if you're not sure which one, cause they've done others since then, it's that a serious house on serious earth. Yes, easy for you to say. So it is my pick. <laughs> my pick, I had a couple of different things that I was interested in. Um, I, I was leaning toward a manga, but the one I found is presented in the traditional um, Japanese way of right to left, which takes some training of your brain and I didn't really want to work that hard for it. So I went to something that I had put in my uh, Comixology Unlimited um, downloads and, and because I wanted to revisit it. So now I'm going to make Andy revisit it with me. It is, uh, and listeners, you can as well, because I this is a, a storyline that is much maligned, but I remember reading it when it came out and enjoying it. So we're going to read book one of Spider-Man the complete clone saga epic. So it's it's that's that's how you can find it on Comicsology. It's it's called Spider-Man the complete clone saga epic book 1. So yeah, I read this when it came out and must have been 90s, maybe early 2000s. I can't even remember when it was. But it essentially took the old clone saga from the 70s with Spider-Man and the and the Jackal was the bad guy and just 
tore Marvel fanboys asunder because they said the Peter Parker that you've known for the last 20-something years is a clone. The real Peter Parker has been dead this whole time. And then they just kind of spun out of that. There were four new Spider-Man identities. Um, I'm trying to think. Ricochet, Dusk. I can't even remember the other two. I was trying to remember off the top of my head. I remember enjoying this and in Wizard Magazine, like it being ripped to shreds. And this was pre-internet um, or at least pre-proliferation you know, proliferation of the internet. So, you know, I don't I don't know what else there was for uproar, but I just remember this being really maligned and me thinking, I kind of like this. I thought it was a good story. So so I want to revisit it and um, and we'll see. We'll see if it's uh, any good or not. Yeah, um, it's funny. So I have a different experience with the whole clone component because mine comes more from like uh, what ifs. Uh, oh. Like, there's like a weird what if. Like, what if the what if the the clone did die but thought he was Spider-Man and the real Spider-Man thought he was the clone? Like, oh, <laughs> and like, what if Mary Jane was a clone? Like, um, not Mary Jane. Yeah, Mary Jane. Um, yeah, no, well, Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy. I was going to say, Gwen I remember Stacey. they did something with a Gwen Stacy clone where she, didn't she marry the Green Goblin, a clone or something? I don't even know. I haven't read well, it. Well, there's one Spider-Man where, like, like, the Gwen Stacy clone marries the Spider-Man clone. Uh, but Peter and so Peter Parker, the real Peter Parker ends up with Mary Jane. Like, so it's this, this whole thing where, you know, Gwen Stacy and Spider-Man and Spider-Man do get to live happily ever after, but they're clones and they don't know they're clones. And like, oh yeah, it's, that's weird. Anytime you do clones, it's, it's a mess as, as, as the most recent Star Wars movie will also tell you. (laughs) Right. So, okay, so that's what we're going to read. Spider-Man, the complete clone saga epic book one. So we'll we'll see if that's any good. So check that out for next time on Read This. That's going to make me go back and look at the other stuff now, too. (laughs) Lord Aku, the samurai has escaped our clutches once again. You have failed me again, my daughter. If the foolish samurai has once again escaped, then you shall be banished. Dad. You need to chill out. It's time to go on a Geek Nation tour. A what? A Geek Nation tour, where they have tours of Middle Earth, Feudal Japan, and even a Star Trek tour. No! We must capture the... Wait, did you say Star Trek tour? Yep. To geeknationtours.com! And please don't make the super suit green. Or animated! All right, so this is the somebodies where we pick a character and shine a little light on them. And as I mentioned, I've been reading some Alpha Flight lately. So I decided I would go with Puck, who is um, maybe my favorite Alpha Flight character. It's tough to say. I like Alpha Flight. I I don't know if you have much experience with them, Andy, but I I really like Alpha Flight. I, I like that it's just they were not apologetic about it. They're just like, here's Canada's X Men. Essentially, and uh, and and that's just who they are, and I think that's cool. (laughs) 
most of my experience with Alpha Flight comes from Deadpool making fun of them, um, <laughs> them in the West Coast Avengers. Like, yeah, because uh, basically he, yeah, basically the West Coast Avengers or the Great Lakes, sorry, Great Lakes Avengers, I should say, um, who should really yeah. be made fun of themselves. I mean, <laughs> well, and I think they know it too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's one of those things where um, I. Most of my interaction with it is when they're not being taken seriously at all. Gotcha. So uh, one of the things I like about Alpha Flight is I like John Byrne. I think I think he's a, um, a very interesting creator uh, and writer and did a lot with X-Men stuff and, and created Alpha Flight and, and I think all of the Alpha Flight original characters. So um, – but you've got some cool characters in there, and I actually thought about – some of the different ones because uh, Sasquatch is cool. And um, I mean, you, you've got um, North star who I think is the first openly gay comic book character in mainstream comics anyway. Um, and his sister Aurora uh, vindicator is their leader. So they, they're um, it's a cool group and they have their own sort of different powers from some of the X-Men ones. But Puck is someone that um I don't know. Something cool about him. He has kind of a neat interaction always with Wolverine when they cross over because you've got Wolverine who is, at least if he's being drawn traditionally, is smaller in stature than all the other main characters. Then you've got Puck who's even smaller than him. So they've always had a cool interaction. Um, But Alpha Flight issue one is from August of 1983. Uh, John Byrne, um, Bill Mantlo would go on later um, to, to do a little bit of a, a retcon with Puck. Um, but uh, essentially, and again, maybe a little too on the nose with it being a small uh, Canadian character naming him Puck, but um, but almost almost like a mini juggernaut with a little... St- little bit of beast thrown in super acrobatic like you know tuck himself into a ball and smash into things type of character so and and done sometimes for for comic effect um you know and uh he's um and a lot of stuff they portray him as french canadian but um but I, I don't think that's the case in the comics. I know that was a lot of times in the, when he would appear in the cartoons, like the X-Men animated series. I think they would they would give him a, a French Canadian accent. And uh, but uh, Eugene Judd is the name of the um the first one. He's actually from so in the comics he's from Saskatoon, so not from Quebec or um so probably not French Canadian in the books. But um I don't know just I and, and from a design standpoint too he's um. He's kind of interesting too, with just a giant goofy P on his on the front of his costume. So yeah, yeah. Again, I think his whole like shtick of like bouncing around too, like, is kind of like a hockey puck bouncing off like <laughs> right. the boards and stuff. Right. Um, now is um, like it, it's weird too because he has no mutant powers right i, I like think he's, he's been retconned originally no he didn't have anything it was like one of those things where it's like he's you know good you know gymnast acrobat um has some you know maybe some karate or martial arts background um kind of a brawl or two uh so that was that was earlier i don't know um because and, and a lot of times when i pick these i pick them based on you know, my experience with them. So, right, right. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, and then of course they get 
retcon evolved changed over time and apparently there's like a, his daughter uh yeah a daughter of the original puck took on the mantle um later on so yeah a bunch of that type of stuff but yeah at least when i was reading and the ones the issues that i have now no no actual superpowers for him yeah because i i don't know if so in the newer um hulk um immortal hulk um which is available on comiXology unlimited cha-ching uh and very worth a read um he they have some interaction because of uh sasquatch because i think sasquatch god i think he is actually something to do with that he might have yeah his ability to transform actually might be related to gamma gamma or something as well oh interesting yeah yeah there it is yeah uh self-experimentation with gamma radiation so um yeah sasquatch was trying to make himself a hulk become hulk basically okay okay um and so i think puck is in it but like he's just he feels like um um uh uh, dum-dum uh from uh dum-dum dugan dum-dum dugan like he's just like Here's this guy. I'm all tough. Like, <laughs> but it's like it doesn't fit anymore because it's like the 2000s, and I'm just like, you're just like a short guy with a gun in the back of an airplane. What's happening <laughs> here? Like, I don't understand this. Like, um, so yeah. And again, that's my most recent experience with him. And I think before that, it was something with um, with Deadpool. So. Uh, and I'm trying to look just through like, yeah, they have other versions and stuff, but yeah, it would be hard. They don't really list out like all his appearances and stuff, but, um, yeah, it's one of those things where I'm just like, um, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying, and again, we know that I like the, the eighties nostalgia stuff too. So, um, you know, rereading these recently, some of the, and I'm trying to think of what issues I I have in that chunk that I've been reading. I think they're fairly early on. If not, uh, definitely, I don't have issue. Well, actually, maybe I do. I can't remember. I think they're they're probably single digits to the teens is where I'm reading right now. So early on in the run, um, before you know uh, any any of the changes that happen later. But um, yeah, I don't know. So sometimes it's very much a comfort food thing for me for some of these '80s comics because even though I love to read the like the well-known story arcs, you know, especially for X-Men or, or like Iron Man, I have the whole Armor Wars run and things like that. Sometimes I just want to read, you know, just a, a real basic, straightforward comic book story that, you know, maybe goes for a couple issues or maybe is self-contained and, and just kind of enjoy it for what it is and just enjoy just just reading a comic and, and kind of like when you were a kid and it didn't have each individual issue didn't have high stakes or you know what i mean it was just cool fun storytelling with characters that you liked yeah no no and i and i trust me i definitely um appreciate it i think it's just one of those things where um i think some of it was a little not silly it just didn't i just it didn't appeal to me the sasquatch character and puck as much but i i know what you're saying about not like finding something that's just fun to kind of look at and flip through that isn't <laughs> that doesn't have to be an all-encompassing story yeah yeah so anyway that's puck <laughs> from alpha flight um, nice 
Yeah, I like him. Um, we uh, we've kind of come to the end here, and I, I I apologize. I forgot to put the mailbag mailbag call out on Facebook, so sorry about that. So we'll we'll try and get a mailbag going for next time. Uh, I've just noticed something. Andy and I do this on video so that we can see one another and feel more like we're interacting and and talking to one another, especially since we, um, you know, over the pandemic, I think Andy and I have only seen each other in person maybe twice. Uh, in that time. Uh, so it's nice to have on video, but I just noticed something that I'm very happy I didn't notice earlier. Andy behind him has a, a, a framed picture. It's an Abraham Lincoln. And if I'm, I think it's, is it one that's made up of like a thousand little pictures? Is it one of yeah. those? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your exact size of your head and your eye position is exactly in line with that Lincoln <laughs> poster behind you. So it almost looks like you have a ghostly Lincoln looking over your shoulder that's the exact same size as you. So thankfully I didn't notice that. That's on the other side. He's, just, he's whispering in my ear like, yeah. I might have to go back and now that I'm looking a little bit more about it because uh, North Star and Aurora are in some of the new um, um, X-Men stuff that I'm reading right now. Um, and they're they're cool too because their their powers are linked because they're twins and that was kind of a neat thing. I don't think I don't think at that time anything had been explored with like Havoc and Cyclops and and the link like that. So I I think they were the first mutant like you know, brother, sister pair or sibling pair that had like a connection with their actual abilities as well. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> Sorry. I was reading. Um, no, that's cool. Um, but, um, but yeah, no. So yeah, alpha flight, I, I think it's worth checking out if you like, you know, like that kind of, like I said, it's, it's just, it's fun storytelling. There's no, you know, there's no groundbreaking, <laughs> you know, revelations into the human spirit and things like that. It's just sometimes it's just fun to read a, you know, just kind of read a, a straightforward uh, 80s comic book. Yeah. But, cool. Anyway, that was a cool pick. Yeah, I think we've I think we've rambled to the end. <laughs> but uh, no, it's good to get back to doing the show and uh, hopefully get back on track here. Um, I mean, obviously, with COVID, we don't have a ton going on, but then there has been a whole bunch of other stuff too i know andy had a, a calamity <laughs> at his home with uh with some oh, yeah. water issues um yeah that still it, hasn't yeah that's that still oh, yeah it's it's uh getting contractors in um is a little different right now too and yeah so that's that's been more fun but i'm hoping by march end of march um i will have uh, a finished basement um, so I'll have a, a new space, uh, downstairs to kind of like yours there to, to record and a little bit more, more comfortable. Yeah. It was too cold down there tonight to, uh, to record, um, I have a little space heater, but that just usually keeps my feet warm. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually got a, um, we have a smaller space in my basement that's closed off um, and we've completely closed it off. So it's a little box, but I bought a thing called a Vornado. It looks like a little fan uh, and it heats the air in the room. That thing works great. Like I'm not like I've had it on for a while. I came down probably half hour before we recorded and we've been going for a little more than an hour. Um, it's not like, you know, it hasn't made, put it to the point where I need to like strip down to, you know, to, to nothing, but it's comfortable down here and it's, it's pretty cold out. So, 
it um it does the job but yeah i i've done the thing too with the space heaters and it's like yeah you put it like this part of you that's near it is roasting and then the other side of you is is cold because it's, it's <laughs> like my feet it's so funny i um it was a tuesday night yeah um doing role-playing stuff i, I was down there and my feet were like sweating, but like I've got like a sweatshirt on because I'm like chilly. So it yeah. is what it is. Uh, New England. But um, yeah. so anyway, yeah, Andy's got stuff going on. I know there was like a leak you had and we've yep. um, we've completely not only the basement is completely redone our entire upstairs. We put in new flooring. We've got a new couch. We have a table where they're putting a window in the living. So we've had a ton oh, of wow. stuff going on. So all that's all that's excuses because we obviously, you know, t- time wise, it's not too hard to carve this out. So we're going to we'll try a little harder to uh, to stay on schedule. But uh, thank you for your patience and thanks for coming back. And uh, we're, uh, we're we're still reading comics. <laughs> I now I remember um, now I can't remember his name. The guy who did voices for some of our favorite comics had a stroke. Um, what was his name? What do you mean voices like for in the cartoons or yeah, one of the one of the big names like Frank Welker or um. No, it was somebody uh, voice actor. <laughs> is that what you're googling? <laughs> oh, uh, here it is. Oh, it's more Clone Wars stuff. Tom Kane. Oh, okay, yeah, he did. I know the name, but I—that's one of those things where he probably did a bunch of voices, so I may not know who he did. But uh, I remember hearing that. Clone right. Wars. He does Yoda. Oh, he does voices in the Archer in Archer too. That's what I'm thinking. Of okay. Gotcha. Um, uh, but I still don't think that was the story that I was thinking of earlier. But that's the one that popped into my head all of a sudden. Gotcha. All right. Well, that's a weird way to end the show, but that's what we're gonna do. Oh, you can edit that out. <laughs> Anyway, we're glad to be back and uh, hopefully back again next month with another issue. As always, we, we do like to hear from you. So if you want to shoot us an email uh, or um, – and again, I always put my personal one out there. But again, please put Hero Man and Sidekick Boy in the subject line so I'll see it because that, that's the one that gets all the, the spam. But it's imclark at comcast.net. You can shoot me an email there. Uh, we have a Facebook page. You can hit us up on there. Uh, ask questions, comment, give us some suggestions on things to read, stuff that you read that maybe we suggested that you liked or didn't like. So any of that type of stuff, we, we enjoy hearing from you guys. So uh, please do reach out. Andy, thank you. Thank you, sir. And thank you to the listeners. We will be back again soon. Until then, we're reminding you it's a four-color world. We're just living in it. This has been Hero Man and Sidekick Boy, a part of the Freebooters Network. Please check out our Facebook page and head to the Freebooters Forum to engage with us about the current episodes or about things you'd like to hear us talk about. And please check out our sponsor, Geek Nation Tours. Thanks so much for listening.